Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. You don't know, uh, we're transitioning. Uh, if, if for some reason you haven't heard, which I don't know how, because my phone has lit up in the last week. Uh, big news, last week we just shared that uh, Pastor Derek and Meg... Come on, somebody get excited. They're taking the church on Palm Sunday. So we're old and worthless now, so we need to give it to the younger generation. And uh, no, Derek, Derek was actually supposed to preach today and kind of share, you know, I shared really my heart last Sunday. So he's going to do that the following. So please don't miss next week. And uh, it's, it's going to be a way better message next week than it is today because I'm pinch hitting for him technically. Uh, him and I met this week and then uh, if you know, if you were here last week, I wasn't feeling good, you know, COVID test, COVID test, COVID test, negative, negative, negative. Well, his this week was positive. And so um, he is not here today because he's doing much better and the family's all healthy and well. He's, he's just, if you've had COVID like my wife and I have, you know, it just, it just like takes you out. Like you're just super lethargic, super tired, don't feel good, and you don't want to get anyone else sick. And so that's, that's where he's at. So let me just say this, if for some reason you weren't here last week or even if you're a guest visiting with us today and you're going, wait a second, the lead pastor is leaving? What happened? And uh, what was really interesting last week is I addressed a lot of those questions, talked about what's happening, what's going on, the reasoning behind all of that, and, and uh, you know, said, really, we believe this is the right transition. We believe God wants us to walk into something. We don't know yet exactly what we're walking into. And still, I knew it would happen. Sunday night, my phone's like, so what really happened? What's the drama? Give me the backstory, you know? And, and I w- literally, it's like, you know, how, like if you break a bone and everybody wants a cool story, but, you know, we have a friend of ours and, uh, you know, she, she broke her foot or injured her foot. She just fell in the grass. Like, it's like just kind of a dumb story. I mean, you want a good story, right? And I don't have one other than this. And I don't mean this to be a cap out, but the good story is that God, we believe, is at the center of it all. Okay? There's no like, Pastor Chris did something weird or something bad. And, and some people were like, was this your choice? Yes, it was my choice. Well, did the elders say it has to be your choice? So you had to say that from the pulpit that it was your choice to say that because they asked you to resign and they didn't want to fire you. So you had, no, there's none of that. Like, like you can ask anybody you want and, and you can dig as far as you want. You can stop by our house. You can, you can come over. You can hang with us in the office here during the week. Whatever you want, the sky's the limit. We just want to be as vulnerable and open to you. And that's why we're taking two months to transition so that you can have those questions. You can ask, because, dude, I'm like where some of you are. I'm a skeptic by trade. And so a lot of times I doubt. I go, okay, well, what's, I want the dirt, man. Like, what's the dirt? You know, hey, what, what, what happened? What really happened? What did that, what were those conversations? And uh, I just want you to know, we believe that God's in the midst of this transitioning. And so I want to, Really talk about that this month, about this series, Making Change. And then we're going to go to a new series next month before Easter called Pivoting and what that looks like. So a lot of it's going to be vision talk. A lot of it's going to be Derek sharing his heart for the church. Where's he going to go? What's he going to do? And, and we want to honor him. And, and I'm, I'm asking you to give him a chance. And we're going to unpack what that looks like. Um, but we're in the middle of making change. And I don't know about you, but in the last two years of our lives, we've had to make some changes, haven't we? I don't know about, maybe you haven't. No one here has. And anyone here other than me had to make changes in the last two years? About half of you. For those of you that haven't, congrats. I don't know how you did it, but I've had to. I've had to make some huge changes and some huge shifts. And what I'm trying to do is really figure out right now, what is it that God has for us? What does God have for the Vincents next? And as soon as we know more and have more details, we're, we're going to 
be as vulnerable as we can with you, but um, at the same time, we're not goldfish. Here's what I mean. Um, you look into an aquarium and you see the fish and you see everything they do and everything they mean. There's sometimes things that happen and we want to make sure that we take care of our family first before we share publicly with anyone. And so I, if, if I have your respect and admiration with that, could you just say, yeah, I appreciate that. And you guys have been great. So um, here's the deal. What happened last week is I had a bunch of people ask me a bunch of questions, but they would preface it like this. I wasn't at the service or the Q&A. So did you talk about this? And here was my reply. Watch the service and the Q&A. And so that'll be my, my go-to because we really, uh, a lot of people stayed and asked questions and a lot of great questions. You can text me anytime. You can ask us anything. We'll stay after church. We'll be here before church. Like we're not going anywhere until April 10th. And so um, last week I got to have lunch and breakfast with a lot of you and just chill and share and hear your story and pray with you. And I loved it. I've, I've had, I have more McDonald's last week than I have in probably a year. All right. And uh, Josh, wasn't the inside of McDonald's just beautiful this week? It was gorgeous. So man. It's the number one restaurant in St. Francis, so get done. It's, there's a lot of good ones, all right? Um, yeah, good breakfast, man. Those hash browns, it's all natural. It's good. Um, talking about making change, though. And last week, if you were here, I had a little bit of a cold thing. And uh, I felt better Monday, Tuesday, you know, COVID negative test, COVID negative test. And then I had to go in to the doctor. And I'll go into the doctor and... You ever have one where they put, I don't even know what it's called. If you're, if you're a doctor or a nurse, you probably know it. That little thing they stick in your ear, that, that annoying tool. You know, they like, they pull your earlobe back and they like shove something in your ear and they, they start telling you about your eardrum and the wax buildup. And it's just, mm, it's wonderful. And, and my doctor says, I can't see in your ear. And I'm like, cool. So what does that mean? And he goes, well, you, we need to do one of those washes. You ever had that done? An ear wash? Dude, it is the funnest, most nastiest thing at the same time, all right? Like, it is like, it's like, you don't know whether to like it or not like it, but you end up like, like, kind of doing like this, like a dog, as they're doing it in your ear. Well, he said there's so much buildup, we can't do it. So I go back in Friday, I find an appointment with somebody that's not even my doctor, and she starts just, like, going to town, man. And I'm like, what in the world? And she takes this out, and, and you have to, if you've had it done, if you haven't, it's, it's super gross. You have to hold this little, like, I don't know, it looks like a bedpan, literally next to your ear. And she squirts it, and all the stuff starts falling out. And she's like, would you like to see it? And I said, yes. So she, yeah, she shows me it. And how do I describe this? Have you ever had a toddler that pooped his pants in the bathtub? If you haven't, and it's just like excrement just kind of floating everywhere, and so she looks at it, and I'm like, it still hurts. She's, and she's like, there's still more. She's going to town. Like, my ear's hurting. I, I still feel like I'm waterlogged today. But then this was the nastiest part. She goes into my other ear, which I think is fine. I think it's all good. I don't need anything changed in this year. I'm, I'm great to go. I'm good to go. And she's like, oh, my. I'm like, what? She goes, you're going to love this. And I'm like, I don't know about that. And, and she starts squirting in this ear. And I'm like, I don't feel anything. And she's like, just wait, just wait. Seriously, it was like 30 minutes, 20, 30 minutes. And she's like, just, just hold on. Just, does it hurt? I'm like, it doesn't hurt. It just itches. And she's like, there's a reason. She keeps going. And I, I wish I took a picture for this because I so wanted to gross you all out this morning, but I didn't. I couldn't take it, okay? What came out was over an inch and a half long by an inch diameter, completely black out of my right ear. And You're welcome. And I said... I told the nurse, I'm so sorry. She's like, oh, no, I, this is what I get to do. And she was so happy. And I'm like, 
I, I praise God for you. Thank you. I could never do what you do. This is so gross. But what I didn't realize is I thought everything was good. I thought everything was great. And what I didn't realize is that I actually needed change. And as soon as I had change, it was like, I, I could hear my wife again. I thought it was just, you know, selective. And now I can hear her, fortunately or unfortunately, depending how you look at it. Well, let's talk about COVID for just a moment. And I don't know anybody who's a fan of COVID. And uh, we all have our different various thoughts on COVID and how it's been handled. But let me ask you a question. Um, if you think about COVID as the cause of something, then what's the effect? Well. I guess it depends which news you read, if, you're, if you lean more right, if you lean more left. Because if we go on Fox News, we, we read certain things about COVID and whose fault it is. If we go on CNN, we read about COVID and, and whose fault it is. And, and then uh, we get told by, by the CDC one thing, and the week after we get told something different, and then the week after there's something new and new information out. And, and uh, sometimes things seem to change overnight the way that we're supposed to handle COVID. And I don't know about you, but I'm kind of tired of it. Maybe it's just me. We're, we're told what's happening across seas, you know, and, and from COVID, and there's a lot of different things. And then we, we hear another media source, you know, retell it from a different angle. And, and I'm going, this is, this is what's, you know, COVID has caused all this, but what's the effect? What's, what's happened? What's changed in our world since then? And there's so much, I can't, I can't get into all of it this morning. But we've seen, unfortunately, it's going to get a little heavy for a moment. We've seen teen suicide at an all-time high in the last two years. We've seen crime at an all-time high in the last two years. I'm not here to blame parties. I'm not here to blame people. I, I'm just, just stating facts. And uh, the first thing we do, I think myself included, I'm just as guilty as we want to blame somebody. We want to blame something. We want to, well, it's stupid COVID or this stupid party, this, this political party or that political leader or this person or that person or my cousin that doesn't agree with me that I don't want him at things. Like we just start blaming. And, and, you know, if you look through history, um, I got to spend four hours with a history teacher yesterday. I learned a lot. And, uh, one of the things I learned about was really, you know, what started World War One? What was it? And if you go back to the early 1900s, what, what really started it was we're trying to figure out who to blame. And we get into World War II, and, and the you know, Nazis were, were blaming the Jews. They were saying it's their fault. There was some monetary stuff going on between nations and all these different things. And what we wanted to do is we wanted, we wanted to find blame. We wanted to go, man, this is what's going on. And I think that's what's happened this last week is people are going, who do I blame for the change that's happening at the Bridge Church? I like everything the way it was. What, what's going on? What's happening? And, and I think the more I've looked at it, the more I've prayed about it, the more I've thought, where, where am I at in this? I think what's happened is we're not here to blame. I'm not here to blame or pick sides or anything like that. Oh, I've wanted to at times. Don't, don't get me wrong. But we no longer have in our culture what we, uh, what we seek, probably most of all. And, and you might say, well, we seek God most of all. No, we don't as a culture. We should. But what do we seek as a culture? What do we seek as individuals? What do we seek as families? What do you want for your kids? What do you want for your family? And I think the number two biggest needs that we seek after are really safety and security. I don't know about you, but I want that for my family. I want my kids to feel safe. I want them to feel secure. I want you as a church on Sunday morning to feel safe and secure. That's why we've got security guards everywhere that you don't know who they are. That's intentional because we want to make sure we're safe and secure as, as a church. 
you know, this is why at the start of COVID, we went online and here's what was in, really interesting because do you remember the beginning of COVID how you, you were told the world was going to end? Everybody remember that? It was like the worst thing. And, and yeah, it's, I'm not saying it's not real. It's not bad. It's not at all what I'm saying. But I remember walking into Coburn's and I didn't even know, like, do I not talk to people? Because, you know, I was told the droplets are literally coming out of my mouth are the Antichrist right now. And, and so I was afraid to, like, talk to people. And you walk, you remember how it just kind of felt like a ghost town for a while? You remember, does there, anyone remember that? Okay, you remember, you know what I'm talking about? And so then we went to online grocery pickup and all these different things. And, and we, and we kind of became very into ourselves. You know, we had to, we had to stay away from people, which is, Unfortunately, not what we need as people. And, and we went online as a church. We, we were not allowed to have service at that time. And here's what's really interesting to me. In the beginning of the pandemic, do you know how many people would view our services in the beginning? Any guess? Shout it out. You got a guess, anybody? Come on, somebody. 150. 150 over here, 150 over here, 10 over here, 10 over here. We got 150 over here, 150. We got 10, 10, 10. Do I hear 160? Do I hear 160? No, and so maybe that's my next career. All right, auctioneer. I can talk fast. We had between 650 and 1,000 people view our services at the beginning of the pandemic. Why? Because people needed safety and security. Now, what happened is, oh, it's not that big a deal. I don't need Jesus. Now I'm okay. And my prayer all along the pandemic, and you've heard me say this over and over again, is my prayer is that people see their need for Jesus before they ever feel it. I pray that you see your need for Jesus before you ever feel it. Because when you feel it, that means you're going through H-E double hockey sticks and you really need him. People for generations have craved safety and security. So let me just paint a little biblical picture. We're going to go into the Bible here just for a moment. But here's what's taking place in the Bible. We're going to go way back to 2 Chronicles in a moment. And so right here in 2 Chronicles during this time, really in the, you know, the 30s of the chapters here, so you got the 10s, the 20s, and you were in the 30s, you have all these kings, and you have evil king after evil king after evil king. And at this time, what has happened is basically they are following all these other gods. They're following fertility gods. They're following the gods of the Baal, B-A-A-L. And you can read about them later. I'm not going to get into all the history of these, these other false gods. But they're literally like making statues to them, bowing down, worshiping these. And then all of a sudden, a new king comes on to be. And this new king was not yet a God-fearing man. And he's trying to figure out, what do I do? How do I figure this out? How do I, how, how do I lead my country? And I want you to see something. You're going to put a lot together here this morning. So here we go. Uh, and, and because what happened is they needed safety and security. And King Josiah was ready to make the biggest change that Jerusalem had ever seen. Here we go. We're going to pick it up in Second Chronicles chapter 34, the first two verses. And we'll put it on the screen. Josiah was eight years old when he became king. It's one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. And he, how many of you have an eight-year-old? Just imagine that for a moment. You know, you're, you're trying to smack his hand from grabbing too many Pop-Tarts. And here's Josiah leading a country. And he reigned in Jerusalem 31 years. That was 39 or 40. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and followed the ways of his father David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. This is mind-blowing to me. I mean, just imagine, he led this kingdom until he was 39 years of age, until he was old, like me. Some of you are like, I'm, dude, I'm like in my 50s and my 60s. It's all right, Grandpa, stay with me. All right, so. But I look at this, Josiah took over a nation that was hurting. He took over in a time, he changed, he transitioned. And what was taking place during that time 
was complete dire straits for this country because they had fallen away from the God-given mission that they had. They set up all these idols, all these crazy things. And when I look at Josiah, Josiah probably was judged as an eight-year-old king coming in, taking over. In fact, Josiah could have been negative. He could have hated the people. I mean, he could have killed the people if he wanted. He was king. He could have been critical, could have rebelled and said, no, I don't want to do this. He could have been defiant or you know, impatient, maybe not cooperative with what God wanted. He could have been apathetic. You know, like, I just don't, I don't care. Anybody know an eight-year-old or a teenager like that? Have you ever met one? Anybody met a 42-year-old ever like that or met one? No, of course not. It's because we've all been there. He could have been like that, but he was king. God honored him and put him in that place. You see, we'll, we'll never know. Check this out. We'll never know whether our politicians base their decisions on personal preference or what they deem best for you and I. We will never, now we can guess, but we'll never know. Only God knows the attitude of their hearts. See, only God knew the attitude of Josiah's heart. Only God knows the attitude of my heart, of Derek's heart. See, attitudes are these inner dispositions of the heart and the thoughts. They're, they're like hidden intentions, which will eventually serve as the basis for our action. But no one else sees that. No one else knows that. And in reality, Nobody else knows the inner thoughts of your heart except for God and you. And so consequently, your attitude is something that only you and God can work out. Only you and him can figure it out. And I tell you what, it's, it's been a tough week. I've had tears. I've had joy. I've had some tough conversations. But I believe the change doesn't happen externally first. It happens internally first. And so we're making change. There's a lot of stuff happening externally that we just can't change. But we can change inside what's going on, right? Right? So Josiah's attitude was different. It was positive. He was encouraging. He was loving. He was, he was trying to be considerate, selfless, loyal as a king, going, what, does, what is it that my people need? How can I figure this out? And so he was a confident, humble leader. He was just missing one part of, of being a leader at that time, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. But it sounds a little bit like somebody who I'm trusting with my baby, the bridge, to be honest with you. It's like handing somebody over for adoption. That's you. And... Uh, What's, and I said this last week, but I just want to say this again, is the pastors that I coach, and I, I've coached many pastors and many people that are getting ready to plant churches in a rural context, urban context, multi-site context, mega church context, name it, been there, seen it all, house church context, you, you, there's so many different contexts, it's the same message, just a different methodology, and they all work, okay? All of them, a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them are in their 20s, and they're getting ready to take the biggest risk for God that they've ever taken. You know, I, my daughter, for those of you that don't know, my daughter got married last October, and uh, no grandkids yet, by the way. A lot of people thought last week the big news was that I was going to be a grandfather. Thank you. But no, not yet. Come on. And uh, my daughter was 19 when she got married. That was tough for me. That was really tough because I remember her coming and, and talking to me, and a lot of people were, you know, whispering, and you got to remember to listen to the right voice. And they're like, Chris, your daughter's too young to get married. She's only 19. And I'm like, dude, I know. I think she's too young too. And then, but then I had a conversation with my daughter. And I said, where are you at in your faith? She's like, I love Jesus with all my heart. I'm going to this church. They go to a church where it's all spontaneous worship. And it's just a real Holy Spirit-led driven church that they loved at the time where they would just get lost in worship. And then their service sometimes would go two and a half hours. And she's like, I love it, dad. That's where I love as, and as a dad, you're just like, okay, okay. Like, you know, it's just you're holding back. Like, my daughter loves Jesus. That's, that's what matters most. And, and I, I told her husband, you'll never be good enough for my daughter, so just get that over with now. And uh, 
you know what else I told him? I said, I don't mind going back to jail again, buddy. And uh, I wanted to get a shirt. I just didn't have it printed. She's debt-free. She finished all of her college classes. What is a dad whose daughter's in love with Jesus, loves this man, is going to take care of my, my daughter? There's nothing I can say. And so I have to go, man, it might be different than my preference or what I think, but you're doing what God wants. And so I want to honor you. So I prayed with them. I still give them a hard time as much as I can. Second Chronicles 34, next verse here, first part of it, chapter, chapter 34, verse 3. In the eighth year of his reign, Josiah's reign, while he was still young, in the eighth year, remember, he took over when he's eight, so it's the eighth year of his reign. Do the math. How old is he? There he goes, 15 or 16. Okay. He began to do what for the first time here? As a teenager, come on, somebody, what did he do? He sought the God of his father, David. Why? She knew something was missing. He was leading. He was open to doing the things. He had probably heard the stories about who Yahweh was or the God of Abraham, and he wanted to know more. He wanted to learn more. 16 years of age. This is awesome. This is a teenager going after God's heart. The second part of that verse here, we'll read the next part. It says, in his 12th year, so how old is he now? 20 or 21. Good job. In his 12th year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of high places, Asherah poles, and idols. In other words, all the false gods and all the false religious junk and garbage and crap, he's like, we're getting rid of this. He goes, we're on a mission from God. We're going to serve him, and we're going to do it right. We're going to do it the right way. 20 or 21 years of age. We know where you're going, Pastor Chris. Good, you're smart. Give him a chance. Will you give him a chance? You're going to give him a chance. I'm not asking, I'm telling. And here's why. Because I've seen that man, I trust him with my life. He would give his life for mine as I would give my life for his. I've seen him invest into parents, into youth, into leaders. I've seen him lead up. He even calls me out on stuff sometimes. And he does it well and with tact. He's not afraid to lead and God has anointed him for such a time as this. Now, do you know what anointing means? A little Greek history here for you or Hebrew, I guess, anointing literally means to be completely crushed. God's crushing him enough already so you don't have to. He's got it. He sees that. Okay? There's a difference. There's a, and if you haven't felt guilty yet, please do. All right, so there's a difference between this, between being a part of the change or coming after. So don't miss out. Okay, don't miss out because there's one of those carries way more weight. I'll tell you what, it's awesome. With people that came and started the church with us that are still here, they love it. They get to sit back and we talk about the stories. They were a part of it. Don't miss out because I told Derek, I said, dude, you better get ready to look for a building right away. You better get ready to go to two services probably soon. Dude, this place is going to go insane. And I don't know if you agree with me today or if you're awake or not, but I firmly believe that with all my heart and I hope you do too. Okay? If God... If God never in the Bible used age as a litmus test for leadership, why should we? Age is not, mon- it's, it's not a number, okay? It's character, it's chemistry, and it's competency in your call. Second Chronicles, verse 19, same chapter. When the king, Josiah, everybody say Josiah. Josiah heard the words of the law, he tore his robes. What? <laughs> it's kind of a weird sentence. 
I mean, just imagine, you, you hear the Bible for the first time, like you're reading the Bible for the first time, and you got like a nice flannel on, and you're just like, ah, da, da, da. I mean, that's literally what he does. You know, you're like, why? This seems weird to us today in our culture. Well, back in the day, this was a sign of humility. It was a sign of grief. It was a sign of repentance that something had to change. We had to transform it, all right? I literally, I have to tell you, when I, when I read this scripture, I literally picture Clark Kent just, all right, so anyway, it's not what happened. They would even sometimes shave their head, Josh Solomon. They would sometimes throw dust. They, they would do just some crazy things because it was these signs. It was an outward sign of an inward thing that was happening. You know, what's really interesting is that tradition, it still happens today at uh, Jewish funerals. What will take place is the rabbi at a Jewish funeral will actually cut cloth to represent true, genuine repentance for that person. So we still see that in the culture, not, not in our culture, but at synagogues, you'll see that. Josiah knew his father, and he knew the father. He was getting to know him. And one of the things he saw is that the people were not following God's ways. You see, what was taking place is God had said to Josiah, and he said to the Israelites, unless you repent, unless you change your ways and you come back to me, I still want your heart that if you don't want that and you want all these false gods and these false idols, that's fine. You can have them but I'm going to destroy you. And so Josiah saw this and his heart bursted for the people. He cared for the people. He saw the people and he goes, I, I got to do something. I got to figure it out. I got I to I gotta do something. Verse 27, because your heart was responsive, talking about Josiah, and you humbled yourself before God when you heard what he spoke against this place and its people. And because you humbled yourself before me and tore your robes, and wept in my presence, I have heard you, declares the Lord. What did he hear? He heard Josiah's heart for the people. He heard the mission and the vision that God had given him for the people. He heard that God was saying, I'm going to give grace and not destroy the people because it sounds like you are going to represent me to the best of your ability. And that's what Josiah did. He was humble. And I got to tell you, man, if you're not humble, you stumble. Okay? It happens. You're not humble, you stumble. It's going to happen. And, and so what does humility look like in a church transition? What, what does that look like for us? And, and what does that look like in our world today? You know, there's some of you that, that have been praying and you're broken for our nation. Uh, don't stop. God sees that. Well, I'm not seeing anything externally. Well, it's not up to you to change it externally. It's up to you to allow God to change it internally. Okay? Well, those of you that have said no matter what, you're going to keep God at the center. And maybe you're starting to doubt a little bit because you're not seeing him follow through with what you're praying for. Don't stop. Don't give in. Don't give up. Humility, it's not this dying for your preferences. It's not what it is, but it's living for God's principles. What is it, Lord, that you're calling us to live for? His way. You know, Josiah, his name, I love this. Josiah, the name itself in the Hebrew, it literally means the Lord will support. The Lord will, will support everything. You know, here is an eight-year-old kid. Be, dude, I don't even know if I would, I love, I love my kids, but I'm going, I don't know if any of them are ready to rule a kingdom. I mean, maybe, you know, I mean, Princess Diaries, you got that going for you, I guess. But I look at that and I'm going, God had his anointing on Josiah. Josiah had to be crushed before he could be a blessing to that community. Josiah's reign saw many reforms, a lot of changes happen turn the kingdom of Judah back to God. 
and at least temporary after many years of religious, basically corruption in that country, he was able to reform it all. For that and that alone, he's known as one of the best kings that had ever led all of Israel or Judah. Last thing I just want to share is this. It's teamwork that makes the dream work. Teamwork makes the dream work. I know it's a really cheesy statement, but here's the deal. It takes everybody, not just one person. You know, in the last week, uh, what's really interesting is after Sunday, I got asked so many times by so many different people, so many different things. And, and one of the things that we got asked a lot about is, well, what's your dream? Are you moving? Are you staying? What's, what's your plan? And until we figure out what that is, we don't want to put the cart before the horse other than with God. We're letting God take care of that. And, and we're slowly differentiating what that looks like. And as we know, we're going to share. But here's what was really funny. So as soon as this gets out, I literally had within, I don't know, five, ten minutes of last Sunday, two messages on, on social media from two pastor friends of mine. So, hey, Chris, I heard you're transitioning. So they say, hey, can you call me this week? And so I called them this week, and, and uh, one's out in Seattle, Washington, and leads a, a incredible church. And he goes, so we want to expand our church and just want to know if you want to be a campus pastor for us. And I go, you know, I appreciate that. We're not quite ready yet for that. And then uh, I got another pastor friend of mine who is a missionary going to Bulgaria. And he's like, so we're looking for more people to come be missionaries with us. So what do you think about getting the family and moving to Bulgaria? Nope. Like, I, now if God says yes, or, you know, God can do whatever he wants. Who knows? Maybe we'll end up in Bulgaria. I, I'm not seeing that, but I could be in total repentance next week saying I missed it. And then I go out to lunch. I'm sitting with lunch with a former pastor who's a chaplain, a good friend of mine. And, and we're eating at Burro Loco. Oh, man, praise God. And uh, we're, we're sitting there, and, and in walks a bunch of people that I know. And right before this, I get a text from somebody in, in the church. I'm not going to pick on them. They know who they are. And it says, hey, so our business is hiring plumbers. Would you like to come in and, and work for us? And uh, I just respectfully said, hey, you know, we're, we're praying about what everything looks like. Literally, we, okay, ready for this? And this is like, all right, God, am I supposed to be a plumber? I don't know. I, you know, I bend over to the front, don't have my belt tight enough sometimes, so maybe. But I, there you go. All right, you got there. And I'm sitting in there, and literally within the next 10 minutes at Burro Loco, uh, somebody walks in, and I saw his truck, and I know him very well. You know him, too, in the community. So some of you are related to him in this room, so I'll be really careful. And he comes and just kneels down at the table and he goes, uh, so, you, you know, we do plumbing and this and that. And have you thought about sales and marketing? I, no, I haven't. And uh, I appreciate that. And so I'm going, it, it was very interesting because all of a sudden, what I want to be very careful is I appreciate all these people. I'm very blessed to have them in our life and, and to be like, man, they, they want to help us figure out what's, what's next. But at the same time right now, we just want to live a surrendered life. We want to take a little bit of a break. We want to just hit the pause button. And there's something real special about just being with Jesus. You know, not, you don't have to do something for him. You know, you, you, can, you can raise the dead or, or take a nap and God still loves you the same. Did you know that? Yeah, it's not about what you do. It's about whose you are. And, and I think God's been challenging me that the last few years is just to be, be in his presence. I think there's more to his presence than we realize. Just stopping, taking five minutes of your day and just going, all right, God, what do you want to speak to me? Sometimes you fall asleep, and that's okay. My focus right now is not on being a plumber, not on going into marketing or sales, not looking for another church to patent, none of that right now. But my focus is on my marriage, 
My focus is on my family. My focus is really putting God at the center of everything that we're doing. It's not saying we haven't, but we just want that to be magnified in our lives right now, period. Amen? Good. So just a couple other thoughts here. And uh, Kylie or whoever wants to come and play if you want to. Um, just a little a couple timeline reminders if you missed it last week. Just want to over-communicate. So we will be here up until April 10th, which is Palm Sunday. We'll be in and out. There's going to be some Sundays we're gone. You know, we're figuring out what we're doing as a, ter- as a family uh, for church on Sunday. Um, Derek and I are going to be kind of going every other or so, or he'll come for a couple, I'll come for a couple. We're, just, we're figuring all that out right now. And uh, COVID and that today kind of screwed up our whole perfect plan. But then uh, April 10th will be our last Sunday here, and we're going to party it up. We're going to have fun, and we'd invite you to come and be a part of that. But then the biggest part of that day has nothing to do with us. It has to do with we want to install Derek. We want to lay hands on Derek as a church. We want to pray over him and his family. And so don't miss that day. Service might go a little more than an hour that day, I'm guessing. But uh, please be here. And then April 17th, the following week, there will be two services for Easter. And that will be your new pastor's time to shine and fly, man. So do not miss out on those weekends. Let's go back to Josiah just for a moment. Teamwork makes the dream work. Can't lead a church by yourself. Can't you can't do any, you can't not much you can do by yourself. It's really fun when you have others involved and other people involved. You go back to Josiah. What was really interesting is he couldn't do it on his own. In fact, one of the things that they did is uh, if you go back and you put that scripture up for me, uh, it's thirty four nineteen. He said, when Josiah heard the words of the law, he tore his robes. Well, how did he find the words of the law? Well, how, how did this come to be? And, and really, it was one of the priests that was over at the temple was digging through and found what they were supposed to be doing all along. Basically, it was you know, the first five books of the Bible that you and I have today. And they sat down and they said, we need to read this. And so here you've got all these different people coming together and they read it and they wept aloud and they, they realized man, we got to do this. we got to figure this out. we got to do this together. And it took somebody finding the book of the law. It took somebody reading the book of the law. But then it took every single person and part of that community at that time to actually obey what the book of the law stated. Go, hey, we need to follow the Bible. We want to actually do what's in here. And so they destroyed the high places. They got rid of the religious idols in their life. Well, we don't have idols in our life, right? None of us have ever put fishing before Jesus, right? None of us have... None of us have ever put red Savoy pizza in St. Paul before Jesus, right? It's not even there anymore. None of us have ever put our marriage before Christ, right? I don't know about you, but I've done all of those things. And we've all had idols. Just different, they, they just come up different ways. And what God is asking is for us to lay those down. You know, Josiah, that name means the Lord will support. Derek's going to get so embarrassed, and I don't care. I looked up what his name means in the Greek. You ready for this? This is super cool. Derek, if you're watching, I love you, buddy. I don't know if you're online right now. But your name in the Greek, dude, it means ruler of the tribe. And I can guarantee that Derek would never usurp any authority. He hasn't. Um... But I know he is the one 
that God is calling to take the church to the next level. Why? Let's go full circle here. Because what we need as a church in today's world is safety and security. To know that there's somebody that has our interests in mind, that sees us, that listens to us, that gives us pushback, that we allow to lead. Now, is that Derek's responsibility to give you safety and security? Not at all. No, he can do everything he can to create an atmosphere for that. But the true and only safety and security you will ever find is in Christ alone. There's nowhere else. Can't do it. Okay? For those of you that are not a Christ follower yet, and you're still looking for that safety and security outside of Jesus, how's it going, bro? Kind of sucky still? Been down that road? It don't work. You can keep trying. I'm begging you to stop it and knock your crap off, dude, and just come to Jesus, okay? Like, don't make it like some big emotional thing that I got to do at the end of a service. Just stop being dumb, okay? Don't be stupid. Jesus loves you. And so just tell him, God, I'm tired of being stupid. I'm tired of missing what you have for my life. Lord, the only safety and security I have in a world that's full of fear is in you. And I can be fearful or I can be faithful. I can, I can worry or I can worship you. And God, today I choose to worship you. Today I choose to believe in you. Today I choose to have faith in you. No matter where you're at. Well, I don't know if it's the only religion. I don't know if this is the right one. Do your studying, dude. It's the right one. Okay, we can have an apologetic conference later. We, I, I'll talk circles with you all day long. I've looked. I'm a skeptic. But when you get to the place where you ask Jesus if he's real and you experience the presence of God for the first time in your life, nobody can ever take that away. You can't explain away the unexplainable. Can't do it. It don't work. And so my prayer today is that you have a testimony. Let me just say this last thing and then pray for you. During this transition, the next few weeks, if you have questions, please ask. Ask me, ask Derek, ask my wife, whoever you want. But don't stand back. Don't stand back and watch. Don't be a wallflower going, I just want my popcorn right now, see what happens. All right. Is it going to work? Is it not going to work? We don't need that right now. We need you to jump in. We need you to be faithful. Continue to give if you give. Continue to serve if you serve. You know, up both if God asks you to. Do all of those things. But at the same time, realize that God's ready to open the heavens. We just have to be faithful. None of us can create fruit. He does that. We're just faithful. And he does that in his own timing, in his own way. And he's the one that gives us that safety and that security. So the true life that you're looking for is only going to be found in him. It's not found in a new leader. It's not found in me. It's not found in Kylie. It's not found in anybody in the church. It's only found in him. I know some of you have been looking and looking and you doubt him. Give him a shot. Give Christ a shot. So don't wait. Get involved. Start serving now. Do what God is asking you to do. There's never going to be any pressure from us other than this. Don't miss out on what God has for you in this season. We look at this in the church season. We, we talk about this as leaders, that churches have what we call different waves, different seasons. You have, you have seasons of growth. You have seasons of, you know, of shrinkage. You have seasons of a lot of different things that go you know, different ways and different routes. You have a lot of different things that happen. These are called waves. Ride the wave. Enjoy the wave. But when the wave gets tough and the storm comes a little bit, just remain faithful in him. You know, when there's things that come up that you weren't expecting, be faithful, you know. And, and I think one of the biggest things for me, I look and I go, 
if I put myself in the shoes of somebody in our church today, one of the causes of COVID, you know, COVID caused it, but the effect of it is not only safety and security, but it's one more that's really wrapped up into all of it, and that's trust. It is super hard to trust anybody in anything today, isn't it? It is. You know, so I understand the skepticism. I understand the questions. We honor that. We ask for that. And you can question us, and you can ask us all the things that you want, but here's what I would ask. Do that. Keep doing that. But please, when you go to God with your questions, when you go to Christ with your questions, and you ask him, and he answers, maybe not a way that you wanted, and he shows himself faithful, don't ignore it. He's there. He's there in the midst of the worst, in the midst of the best. So don't give up on him. Keep him at the center. If you've never made that decision to follow Christ, it's real simple. It's just saying with your mouth, confessing that he is Lord, that he is Jesus. But it's not, that's, that doesn't, that's not like a magic formula because you can't just say it and it works. You can't just go to, you know, your first communion and all of a sudden you're saved. You're baptized as an infant and all of a sudden you're, that doesn't work. What works is a confession with your mouth and a belief in your heart. That's it. That's simple. And I like simple. So let me pray for you this morning, all right? And there's a fake football game on that y'all can watch later today, all right? I think I'd rather watch rugby. All right. God, my heart is for the men and women that are in here this morning without their spouses. Their spouses that aren't in here today because they haven't chosen to follow you with their hearts yet. The spouse that's saying yes to you and their other spouses just has failed to do that yet. Lord, you see them. You see them both. You see them all this morning. God, for the kids that have maybe grown up in the church that saw you but didn't experience you, you see them. Those that are doubters, those that are skeptics, those that put on a great face, but really deep down they're struggling to believe right now. You see them. Whatever wave that person or that individual is on, you see them in the midst of their doubt, in the midst of their skepticism. And this morning, God, you can do miracles that no preaching, no amount of anything can do other than you. You can save that person. Lord, you can give them eternal life. And I pray you do that this morning. Would you do this? We don't usually do this, but this this morning, will you all just repeat after me? I'm just going to pray this. And maybe you've already prayed this prayer before. I, I don't care. Just say it real loud with me this morning, will you? And if you're online, uh, you can say it with us as well. Please, please just, where, wherever you're at, if you're at home and if you're, if you're in the bathroom right now, if you're at the kitchen table, if you're laying down, uh, if you're listening to this weeks later, right now if you're here, I, I just want to pray a prayer of confession to Christ. And whether you've prayed it before or not or the first time and you want to say it and believe it, would you just repeat after me right now? Dear Jesus, I believe in you. Forgive me of all my sin. I choose today to surrender, to give up my control and serve you. Meet me here as I choose to follow you from this day forward. I love you, Jesus. Have your way in my life. Amen. Amen. God, would you bless this church today? Would you bless those listening Father, would you bless Derek as he's getting ready to transition into that lead pastor role? 
Would you bless us as we're looking for that transition and what we're called to next? Would you bless every person today that made a commitment to you for the first time or recommitted their life? Lord, there's a party going on in heaven. That's what it's about. And now would you take those people that say yes, would you disciple them? Would you allow them to find a group and like-minded people so that they can continue in their faith journey with you? I thank you for the time we had with you this morning, just hanging out for your word. I thank you for King Josiah and what we can learn from him today. God, may we be who you've called us to be. Men and women, and as my wife prayed earlier, children of God, have your way in our hearts and have your way in our families this week as we follow you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.